Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, we have a special treat for you today. We have back with us my jujitsu coach, Mr. Shannon White, and we also have two boyos from the gym who are very important to me as they've kind of taken me under their wing. Uh, they're the people that I roll with the most, the people that beat on me the most, and hopefully uh, the guys that I'll be able to compete with after a few more years of training. And those guys are Mr. Ben Cena and Devin Kelleher. Uh, they are good friends. They've been training together for quite a long time. They've got interesting stories to tell about all the crazy shenanigans that they've gotten into over the years. It's definitely going to be a great conversation and I hope that you guys will enjoy this as much as I had fun recording with these guys. So without any further ado, please sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us my jiu-jitsu coach, Mr. Shannon White. Shannon, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. And we also have two guests from the gym who've been hounding me for months to get on the damn podcast as he's waving because you guys can't see because luckily I don't do video because, well, my face is kind of for radio, not, not for video. But we have a Ben Cena. How you doing? And Devin Kelleher. Hey, everybody. Guys, welcome to the show. So why don't you guys give us a quick background into... How you guys got into jujitsu, uh, like sports you did growing up, all that kind of stuff, how things relate. Ben, why don't you go ahead and start, since you are the brown belch. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so I did karate from a young age. Uh, the dojo that I was training at started dabbling in jujitsu. Uh, it was a bunch of idiots rolling around trying to squeeze each other's heads. Did they actually have like a coach that was doing it, we or all did belts. you guys just go in for it and like, fuck it, let's learn? That. We okay. were all white belts. Um we had one blue belt that would come in every now and then, kick the shit out of all of us, and then uh, moved to East Stroudsburg for school. Uh, actually got in with a couple of uh, really good jiu-jitsu guys there, and then fell in love with it, and moved out to Ohio. Uh, so where, where were we at before? Uh, East Stroudsburg, so, so what's Pennsylvania. That? Pennsylvania, okay. Yeah, Eastern bumfuck Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, moved out to Ohio, started training at Evolve, met, met Devin. Met Shannon. He kicked the hell out of us. Um, <laughs> because you guys had a different coach at Evolve, and then Shannon came in there, correct, if I understand? Right, yeah. So okay. we had a couple of coaches. Um, we had Clark, and then Dimitri, and then Jay, and then Dimitri, and then Shannon. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, once Shannon opened the school up, it was no-brainer. We followed him along. and So when Shannon opened True Art, then you guys left Evolve and started training with him. Yeah, exactly. Did you play another sports growing up, or is it just like karate, and then you got into jujitsu, and that's kind of been it? It was uh, karate and soccer. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you just play like for the school or is it like just like league stuff or whatever they yeah, do like in the summertime? Stuff. Okay. League stuff. Just for fun. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Devin, you, sir? Oh, man. So <laughs> was that a tough question? <laughs> uh, let's see. I, we talked about it a bit today. I, I dabbled in karate a bit when I was younger. Um, wasn't something I really stuck with. And, and after that, I, you know, martial arts wise, I, I really didn't do much. I, I went into football when I was younger. I started playing when I was around nine. Um, so like peewee kind of stuff? Yep. Yep. First, first year I could do tackle football. That I was doing that. Flag before? Nope, no oh, flag or right anything. Tackle. Jumped right in there. Just yep. like just hurting cats, <laughs> kids running around bumping into each other with their their helmets are like as big as they are. They it, fall over because they're all top heavy. Exactly. Yeah, it's adorable. Exactly. So it's bad for their brains, but it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, football got got into baseball a little bit when I was around twelve. Uh, I I played that here and there, um, but then you know like like uh, competitively travel leagues that kind of stuff or travel just, leagues. Yep. Uh, what position? Uh, what did I play? I, I played second. I pitched a little bit. Okay. Everybody kind of pitches a little bit until they realize that you're not that great. And then they stuff you off somewhere. Like, exactly. like that's what happened yep. to me. I was like, <laughs> I was always bigger than kids my my age, uh, being just a big guy. So it was like I was pitching a lot in like the little leagues and peewees and all that kind of stuff. And they realized, oh, you're not that good at this. So we're just going to stick you out in the outfield. We can't do too much damage. Yeah. Play with <laughs> the butterflies around there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, those were, those were the two big sports that I was into growing up. And then probably when I, when I got to maybe 15, 16 or so, I, I got, I got interest in like the UFC and watching that on TV and everything. And, um, you know, of course, of course, watching that at that age, like every, every kid that age, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I want to jump there and start yeah. doing that. And, you know, my, um, my mom actually, when I uh, told her that I wanted to do that, wasn't wasn't really all for it when I was in Moms high school. Moms don't and, like that. Yeah. So my mom swore she would never let my brother or I play football. Uh, she let him play in junior high because he was kind of a loner, didn't have a lot of friends, but he's a big guy. So they thought it'd be a good sport for him because he wanted to play basketball. He just wasn't good at it. Mm. He tried like hard, like really, really hard. He just just wasn't that great. But it was it was really interesting because they let him play, so it was like my my in. I'm like, well, Josh got to play, so I want to play. Yeah, you know. But it was like one of those things. I think I broke my clavicle before going into seventh grade year, so I didn't get to play then. Oh, jeez. And then I missed like the beginning of the season training before school started. Eighth grade, so I didn't get to make the team then either because I missed the summer camp or whatever it was. So freshman year's like, all right, we're doing this shit. And yeah. She was so against it. <laughs> God damn it, was that fun? I always tell people I miss football. Because you just get to run at people and hit them as hard as you want to, and they slap you on the ass. Like, mm -hmm. if I do that now, they send me to jail. Like, what the shit? Right. <laughs> this is wrong. Right, yeah. So, got into football. Like, Got got into football, started started kind of noticing, like, you know, the UFC and mixed martial arts and just, just fighting in general and okay. stuff. I, I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to try it, at least train it. Um, kind of fast forward to around college. I, I didn't play football or any sports, like, my junior, senior year of high school, just... For Focus whatever reason, training. fell out of it. Okay. Whatever. Um, got into working out. I, I got a little little taller as I was getting in college, so that kind of helped. Um, I actually tried out for, for Akron, the football team, when I was going to school there. Um, just a walk-on? Just as a walk-on. Okay. Um, jumped out, or I'm sorry, jump, jumped on for maybe maybe like half a year, um, spring and summer session. Uh after that, the you know, based on the recruiting and you know how the team was doing that year, um, lost my place in that. So then it's, uh, it's hard to stick as a walk on. Yeah, usually they're trying to bring in the talent that they want. So you got to mm -hmm. really stand out, or you're going to make a practice squad for a couple of years and right. maybe see time as like a senior. It, but that's rare. It was competitive. Yeah. So 
Um, a lot of D1 school, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's small, but still, it's, mm-hmm. it's big-time football. So where I was, I, I was playing with uh, one of my other buddies. His name is Joey Wheeler. Um, actually interned at Evolve while he was going to school at Akron, too. So um, I was talking to him. I remember we were lifting at the wreck after, you know, I was kind of kind of done, you know, being with the team. I found out that, you know, you're done. Figure something else out. He's like, you know, I'm thinking about getting into MMA now. And I was like, oh, dude, like I've, I've always wanted to do that. I just wasn't allowed to in high school. Like we did we did dumb stuff at, at the park with my friends and I bought the combat sports gloves and <laughs> did stuff every now and then. Ended up breaking my hand and, you know, that was a no-no. So um, I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll come in, try it out, you know. Um, walked into the gym my first day with him. Um, met my other buddy there that taught me pretty much, you know, everything mixed martial arts wise um alongside shannon with jujitsu and everything and um his name's kyle ruzeski he's trains in china now and uh sparred with him and my buddy joey the first day didn't have gloves or anything bought a mouth guard and fighting gloves at the desk and he's like all right pretty much jump in it let's see we beat the, <laughs> we beat the shit out of each other for three rounds it sounds walked like out. old school training oh yeah we walked out but I, I had the biggest smile on my face i was like dude this is awesome this is what i want to <laughs> do I, I didn't sign up uh, at Evolve right then particularly. I started doing privates with Kyle um, before I actually took any classes at Evolve. So I'd go with him, you know, during the day. Um, do, you th- do you think that was a good or a bad decision looking back now? I think, I think it was good. I mean, it it, uh, it definitely my, – my relationship with him is, is really big just because he, he – I feel like he kind of drove me to, to get into it and to love it too. Um so I, I, I think that was pretty beneficial. Because so. I think a lot of people, when they start something like that, they're going to think, let's get, me get, get into a class. Let me just try a class, see if I like mm-hmm. it or do whatever. But I think if you were serious about it, you knew it was something you were actually really interested in. Mm-hmm. Privates are probably the best way to go to start off because you're going to learn so much quicker because you got that one-on-one right. Know, time. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I trained with him. And, and then by that time, I was kind of – trying to fight for Evolve and for nine months to a year, found out I got an MMA fight and, uh, semi-pro. Like, you know, yep. Yeah. Told, told my mom and family and everyone. And they, they were kind of surprised. Like, I don't think they expected it to go that far. And they were like, all right, you know, we'll be there. Let, let me know when it is and everything. And, um, did that and ended up knocking the guy out 25 seconds. That's a pretty good debut. Best feeling ever. Yeah. So I, I just kind of, I really fell into it that way. Um, and then, you know, jujitsu wise is been huge, at least the past few years since I've been ultimately done with mixed martial arts and at least face punching and everything. So uh, how many, um, uh, how many fights did you have? Five, six, five okay. or six. Yeah. How long did you train for that? Do you think, uh, for, for the fights total? Yeah. Three, uh, four years. Yeah. Probably a year, a year at evolve. And then I got my first one. So probably, probably three years or so. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then kind of had enough of that and then. I think they got a shoulder injury, right? Yep. So I my last one um, ended up tearing my labrum, and uh, it, that was that was kind of it. After that, I did the thing where I would go back in, and I was like, you know, I'd, of course, just love being around the gym. I, I didn't want to be anywhere else, so I'd yeah. go there with like a sling. Um, <laughs> Ben's <laughs> laughing because I, I did something that, that we can talk about later that he wasn't too proud of. When <laughs> oh, let's talk about it now. What, right. what happened here? So. Um, it, it was after that fight that I hurt my shoulder and, uh, I was just kind of sitting around just, you know, 
missing something to do. You're just bored. And- I completely understand that. Having my weightlifting career come to a drastic mm-hmm. end because my hip just wouldn't allow me to train the way that I needed to to be competitive, but mm-hmm. not wanting to admit it for like almost two years, I think, that I dealt with that. And it's just like I needed to be at the gym. I needed to be somewhere else, which is where yep. it's like I was um, – I actually stopped by the gym this morning to give a coach like a Christmas present, a birthday present. They're both in December. And uh, well, his birthday's in December, I should say. But uh, so it's like I was kind of hanging out. I was like, I got to leave. I got to go to class. I go, what class are you talking about? Like, well, I'm going to jujitsu. I was like, it's like I got to have something to do. Like, I can't just sit at home and like wish I was still lifting. Like, you need something. Like, yeah, yeah, my ass has got to be doing something. You need to so do something. I, yeah. I totally get like needing to be around the gym, but. So what stupid thing did you do? So I yeah I was bored. I, <laughs> I had this sling on that's also wrapped around. It's it's, it's got like cemented that, to my body. It's got like some padding, like yeah. keep it away from it, but it anchors it right to your chest. Exactly. Like we've all yeah. seen those. Yep. I drive to evolve. Um, see Ben there, and I was like, hey man, I I want to do something. I obviously can't do anything upper. Let's do something with legs or whatever. So he sets up the the safety bar for me with squats. Puts like one thirty five on. Um, 135 pounds? Yep. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I work in kilos. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I get under it, do a couple, get up, and I'm like, ah, oh, I feel too good. And he's like, well, what'd you eat today? And I was like, ah, I had like, what, I don't know, pizza, something, maybe some chicken. Um, I had a painkiller earlier. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? <laughs> and I was like, I took a painkiller. My shoulder hurts really bad right now. <laughs> Feel free to jump like, in here, Ben, if you want to add flavor to the story. Yeah. He's doing Did just good? fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know what? It's like the only time I've seen Ben mad at me. He's like, sit down over there. I want you to ever do that again. <laughs> Three, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So. so that was funny. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, once I was kind of wrapped up with mixed martial arts and everything that, you know, being around the gym and training and at least doing striking and stuff, um, I, I think that, you know, that helped me kind of fall into, especially with gi jiu-jitsu. I, I never really liked doing it before. I, I only you kicking and screaming I a couple only, of times. Yep. I only did it because Ben would make me do it or they would make us do it to get a fight, essentially. But that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of MMA guys, they only train no gi because that's how they're going to fight. Right. But you do hear a lot of people who say that they should train gi because it's going to help them learn better jiu-jitsu. Would, would you agree to that, Coach? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a... There's a huge argument there. People talk about, like, you don't have to train in the gi because you don't fight in the gi, which I completely understand. I mean, for for a very long time, you haven't been allowed to fight in the gi. I mean, back in Pride in the first days of the UFC, you could wear a gi if you, you wanted to. You wear whatever you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you wore one boxing glove. I mean, one guy did. Or Jimerson did. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think that training in no gi, no gi will help you better, like, learning how to scramble, will help you with your wrestling, um, it'll help you learn to get used to like the body on body contact, like being slippery and stuff like that. But the gi will help you a lot more with like learning how to control your opponents because they and can't. That's just, mostly because it slows things down. It can't just power right, out of position, right? Where there's lots of grips to hold on right. to, yeah. But even like, I mean, there are still plenty of guys that are really good no gi guys that in the gi they're still very controlling because even though they may not grab the gi as much, like, like for some of them, like their like their grips on your sleeve they feel just as strong as when they grab your wrists. So like they're still very controlling in certain positions, even if they're just no gi guys, like they can translate like Marcelo's game and Marcelo Garcia's game and gi is the same as it is in no gi. Robert Drysdale, same way. Like they talk about that. Like we don't differentiate one between the other. So they use the same positions they use in gi. I mean, all that would really be different no is gi. a lot of the collar chokes really, right? A lot of the same yeah, positions. Yeah, that requires with... you to choke someone with the gi or, or grab the pants or the lapel, but you know, a rear naked choke, a rear naked choke, guillotine, darse. 
triangle yeah. arm bar all that stuff still yeah, there kimura yeah. all that stuff is still there and readily available you know there's i mean name a crazy submission that you see in mma that you know that that's absolutely ridiculous that you'd be like oh my god i never thought the guy would pull it off like arm bars you see all the time kimuras triangles yeah. the basics guillotines yeah simple submissions you don't really see like these super complex submissions like you don't see monoplatas happening in the ufc <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Blank stare. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right, so your fighting career was pretty much over, so you got mm-hmm. into jiu-jitsu. You were already training, Ben, is, yep. right? So you drug, drug him over, kicking and screaming to the gi. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's just kind of been there ever since. And then pretty much ever since, yeah. I mean, it, it's been awesome having Ben as, you know, my main training partner and roommate around each other a lot, too. So, I mean, it, it, there's always kind of that, that level of competition with us where he's – I feel like he's always going to be right here, and I'm kind of right here yeah, gotta trying to for, trail him. you got to explain yep. for people who are listening. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's always going to be, I feel like, a level where he's just right there out of reach, but I start so, getting there. So he's just slightly above where your level Slightly at. above. I start getting there, figuring it out. Oh, you get something else. Oh, i got to chase that now. Something else. Ah, got to chase that. Oh, I'm getting up. I'll catch him. Not nah, something else. So, but I think that becomes like a very important thing because you two push each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you guys always, are growing together. It's always nice seeing him figure something out because then I go, well, shit, I got to figure something else out too, and it forces me to get better. Everybody in the room gets better, you know, and we all kind of feed off each other. So yeah, it's exactly. Well, that's also a lot of the environment that we have at True Art. I mean. Like, there's a bunch of killers there, and it's like, if you don't keep up, then you're going to get your ass kicked a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Do you see that with the guys that go out, you know, they have an injury, they take their time coming back, and they come back and they kind of go, oh, shit, like deer in headlights. Yeah. You know, because everyone else is still working. We're all still getting better. And that's the thing I think a lot of people forget about. Like, Coach, you talk about this all the time, whereas you don't realize kind of how much you're progressing. Because you're always training with a lot of the same kind of people. As yeah, Ben's yes. yelling at me. Yeah. I just I felt like a, we could talk about that later. But it's like <laughs> you, you, you feel like you're not progressing because, again, like everybody else in the room is getting better. And then a new person comes in and you roll with them and it's like, oh, you're like a child. I can do whatever I want with you. Mm-hmm. This is great. And it's, it's kind of like a, that good reminder of like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're actually all are working together to get better at all this kind of stuff. Right. So, so now that you two – so, so we've got, like, let's say, caught up. So we've realized, obviously, that Ben's life is obviously much more boring than yours. Like some soccer <laughs> sure and some karate. Is. Like, all right, it is what it is, right? But <laughs> so, no, so now you guys are training. Uh, I, I'd say it's, like, your, your main thing, right, outside of work. It's not like you can train full time because yeah. we all got bills to pay. And we, we, all, we all can't be like coach, yeah. you know, and have that be your business. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously you worked up to that, obviously. But uh, so you guys are in it. You're training. You're having fun. Uh, when you guys – Started training together. What what rank were you guys? I think like it was a blue, blue and white, right? Yeah, he was a white okay. belt. Okay, so blue so belt. you were brand brand new, a white belt. You were a blue belt, so mm-hmm. yep. probably training for a couple of years. Uh, longer than I'd like to admit, but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, so that that was was that all at Evolve? No, um, I I don't remember where I got my blue belt. I think I got my blue belt when I was still in Philadelphia. Okay, before you moved to Ohio. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so so you came over. How long did you guys train there before? Coach opened up uh, True Art. Um, it was back at the old, old, old Evolve. Yeah, so uh, we would so, have moved twice. Yeah, before then. So it was probably two years. Okay, two years before, like 2014. You, Shannon, when did you get there? Like two thousand. Yeah, so 2016. It sounds about two right. Year, yeah. yeah, 2016. 
Okay. Yeah. And what rank were you guys then when you when you came over to True Art after a few years at Evolve, working together and pushing each other and kind of like helping each other grow? So when Shannon first came to Evolve, he actually coached at Evolve. Okay. Um, and actually the first day he came in, I demoted myself because yeah. <laughs> we were both purple belts and he kicked the shit out of me. And I <laughs> sat in the corner afterwards, took off my three stripes, like, fuck it. These aren't worth it. Um, but yeah, I was a purple belt. He was a blue belt. Uh, when, when we first met Shannon, when Shannon was starting to come around coaching a little bit more often. Okay. And then, uh, it was right after the first big move at Evolve that he started ta- coaching full time. Okay. Um, and that was about a year, and then yep. he opened his own school, and so we followed him. You know, it wasn't really a question. Okay. So you were probably still a purple belt then, mm-hmm. since you took yep. all your stripes off? Sure did. <laughs> Wait, blue belt, I would assume? It was about the same, yeah. Had, I, I think I had around maybe two, three stripes that I was doing the same, taking them off, balling them up, and go in the corner, rip throwing them in the trash can. Yep, starting over. <laughs> now, is, is that a disrespectful thing to do, or is that more of like a respectful thing like to you? Like having come in and a coach and you're the same rank or whatever, but you kick the shit out of him. Like, okay, well, maybe I'm not that rank. I, I, <laughs> no, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, from my point of view, it was more of a frustration thing. You know, um, besides Clark, who was coaching at the time, I was the highest rank in there. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, Devin's always pushing me. So we were always in that group, but we were the top guys in the gym and he came in and made us look like children. <laughs> so it kind of... It was more out of frustration. I was like, well, I don't deserve these. Like, you know, if he's only a purple belt, what am I? Yeah. You know, what was strange is it was, I feel like even when Shannon came in it was just like the, some of the, the basic concepts of jujitsu that we, we didn't really adopt that. I thought like even just getting grips simply as that, like before I would try to, you know, Ben would try to pass. I would try to pass Ben. I, I would lay my back. I'd be ready like this moving around, shifting. Shannon would be like, sit up, get grips. I'm like doesn't feel right but all right like yeah so this is, this is different yeah th- things that we you know say to do as a basic at, at true art right now like it was it wasn't there yet so that's why it was it was different at first okay yeah fair enough now having come in to, to coach and seeing that do you see that as a problem or do you see that as them being humble and willing to learn no i mean it, it like of course like anytime that you start training with people who have you know uh, you know, different instructors or people that have their way of teaching. Like, of course there's going to be obstacles. There's always going to be obstacles. It's like them not understanding how to make grips. Like just the basic like terms that we use in jujitsu is difficult if they've never, but it's not their fault, you know, for the most part, if they're not taught properly, if they just aren't, if they just don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, any, anyone can be taught. I mean, you just have to kind of like the hardest thing is for them to like kind of unlearn and then relearn. Cause which, you know, honestly, that takes more time than yeah. having starting fresh. Yeah. Like when people contact me at the gym and they're like, hey, I've never done jiu-jitsu. I'm like, good. Because then you can learn our way of doing it. Like, But people that come from other schools, sometimes it's difficult because they – like an arm bar is an arm bar. Yeah, there's a lot of ways of doing it, but there's wa- there's wrong ways of doing it. There's, there's ways that are incorrect, ways that don't make the position nearly as tight or nearly as effective. And sometimes when they do it, like, well, this is how it was shown to do it. And it's like, well – who the fuck showed you how to do it like that? Like, go get your money back, you know? Like, and, that, and that's the hardest part. Yeah. But it's not so much that, like, when people are taught incorrectly, 
it's very difficult for them to kind of unlearn that technique and then apply it different because maybe they've had success with it, but they've had success in a room where maybe they don't have the best like quality guys around them all the time. If you're the best guy in the room and you're able to hit technique on everyone in the room and then you try it on someone who's maybe a little bit better than you, it's kind of like, well, shit, it didn't work. So then you kind of have to look back on your technique, go back to the drawing board and either apply it differently or try to essentially heighten your skill in that particular area that you're trying to get better at jujitsu at. Fair enough. So you guys probably started competing in jiu-jitsu at some point. When was that? Uh, my first competition was at Blue Belt. Okay, so um, you were still at Evolve. I was back when, in Philadelphia. You, okay, you weren't uh, in Ohio yet. With my old fight team. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, did, did you always know that you wanted to compete, or was it just like you wanted to get out there and test your skills against somebody else? I, I have a love-hate relationship with competing. I, I know I have to do it, and I know it's good for me. Um, I have su- like super bad anxiety about it. Okay. Horrible anxiety. I'm worried I'm going to let myself down, my teammates down, everybody down. Um, so I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. So the reward on the tail end is fantastic. It's just building myself to that point. Um, so I've always known I have to do it, but it's kind of like eating your vegetables. You know? Yeah. Okay. So... So you started competing then. Like, did you ever stop just because you didn't like the feeling of it? Did you get back into it, or have you like you always steadily been competing? I've been trying to compete like at least once a year. Um, obviously, COVID makes that a little more difficult. Yeah, now. this year has been a little strange. Yeah, <laughs> um, just to say the least. But you know, like last bef- last year before COVID, uh, we did the Chicago Open. We did fight to win. Um, and these are big fights. Those, those aren't like a local little tournament. These yeah. are big fights. Yeah. Those, and I got to say, Fight to Win was such a cool experience. Super cool. You know, if Seth Daniels, if you're listening, bring it back to Cleveland because I want to do it again. I highly doubt that unless uh, <laughs> you he know, follows one of you guys on social media when you guys share the link and he's listening. <laughs> it's, maybe it's possible. But <laughs> I doubt he's a part of my normal listening crowd. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you know, shot in the dark. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Can't hurt to ask. Yeah, right? exactly. What about you, Dev? That I'd agree. That was the coolest one. the The fight to win show was was probably probably like the the best performance that someone put on that I've been a part of. It, that was really cool. Um, just having, I mean, like the the huge canvas out there where it's it's just you and another guy, and you know, it's a, it's it's like a bunch of super fights. So, um, and just you know, we had a ton of people from True Art there, you know, being loud and cheering for us and everything. And um, how many people from the gym competed? Oh man, we'll be we have like six. Six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Had, had Mark with us too. Yeah, Mark headlining us. So oh, nice. yeah, on the card. <laughs> we had Plasic yeah. trending on flow grappling. Plasic was bit, trending. Oh, is that is that yeah. the one where he had like some yeah. flying something? Yep. Yep. Flying he tapped bar. out a sixteen year old. <laughs> <laughs> Good but for the same him. All right. That's what we told him. Yeah, hey, right. he's he's a big little kid. That's you gotta right. start somewhere. So did you get um, into competing right away, or did you train for a while in the gi before you really thought about it? I, I trained in a while. I trained a while. I think the biggest, the first biggest one was probably the Chicago IBJJF that we went to. Okay. Yeah, and it, it was kind of, kind of the, the same feeling. Like uh, you, I, you got from fighting. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, but except for you don't get punched in the face. Exactly. Better. So yeah, so I'm I'm kind of going into it thinking like that. I'm like, well, I'm. I'm not going to get punched or anything right now, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, just go out and you know it. When we're by the time we're rolling, it's just like you're 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 kind of rolling the way that we do at True Art right yeah. now. You know. Well, let's be honest. Um, like we we go hard at the gym. I mean, it's very safe, 
Like, I mean, obviously injuries are going to happen. There's nothing you can do about that. That's just, that's part of life. You could fall going downstairs and like ruin yourself, like Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, but for the most part, like people are very, very safe and we roll hard. Yeah. Because I I, like being from like another gym before being there for a few months, like I learned so much more in the first few months of being a true art than I ever did at the other place. It's not that it wasn't good. It's just, it was just a little bit more low key, just kind of more relaxed and kind of chill more, more like family oriented, like where they've got like a lot of the parents coming in from their, their kids are in karate. So they go, oh, I'll try jujitsu. I'll lose some weight. I'll do whatever. But they weren't really looking to compete or do anything, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it, it was a good place to kind of like cut my teeth, so to speak. But it's it's a much different uh, experience, a true art, and I really think it's gonna you know be for the better. It's gonna make me a mm-hmm. much better grappler. Yeah, yeah. So ch- Chicago is really cool because I mean, you, I went out and I remember I got the got the first one out of the way. Um, I, I think I won it by points. And just talking to Shannon after, just you know, he's just like you know, we're we're here, we're we're meant to be here, we're supposed to be here, you know, we're we're showing that we are, we're winning at least winning matches, you know, um, so that was kind of cool to know that like okay, that this is actually really working, and yeah. we are supposed to be, and here. we're not just wasting our yeah. time in somebody's <laughs> <Yeah>. basement <laughs> learning stupid shit that yeah. doesn't work, which is awesome, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like the the way that we're training it, we're doing it right. So very cool, yeah. All right, so. Here's here's the dumb question, and this is so open ended and it's loaded. I know. Um, <laughs> what's what's some of the biggest things that you wish you would have known before starting jujitsu? I got it. Now with like all the years of experience <laughs> that you guys have, because I mean, think of how many years of experience are at this table right now. And we can like just discount my one. I don't think it really counts, but <laughs> like there's a lot of knowledge here. We'll go on. I you got, got it. it. Wrestling. Mm. Wrestling. I wish I would have wrestled when I was in like middle school, high school or something, at least get some sort of fundamentals, some sort of basics of, uh, you know, some sort of grappling like that, at least setting up, you know, setting up some of the takedowns we go for now and everything. That's yeah. a, that's one thing that I have a hesitancy, I think with my game is, is trying to set those up and commit to them. So I think, I think that that would have helped a lot. And I get that feedback from people when I ask, when they come in, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the wrestlers who come in are tough mm-hmm. and like, even with some – like a great example, there's a new guy at the gym, Neptune, right? Like big, strong guy. It was like the other day we were rolling and like, and he laid on top of me for a six-minute round. You know, I couldn't do anything. I and mean, you couldn't do anything either. You couldn't finish me. But it's like I couldn't get out. I couldn't get my guard back. I couldn't do shit. It's like he's brand new. Like I'm bigger and stronger than he is. Like this is bullshit. You know, but he's got years of wrestling under his belt. It's like it's that's a huge weapon to have. Whereas mm-hmm. normal people come in, if they don't have any experience, like I'm fucking them up. You know, but it's right. just like with a wrestler, damn. I I, I told Shannon this last time. I, I think wrestlers should come with a warning. She's got like a W <laughs> on their belt or something. Like, I don't know. Like shit. I think it also helped too with even like like the mental aspect and, you know, almost what to expect when you come in and, and train how we well, do. Well, those guys um, work so hard. And they just beat exactly. themselves to yeah. death. And it's if, if, if you're a wrestler, you're gritty, you're tough. You already know that's going to happen. Yep. So, yeah, jiu-jitsu is like, I, like my daughter, like she wrestles. I told her, like, when she goes off to college next year, they won't be wrestling because, like, they're, they're having it in high school now. It's huge in Texas. But I told her, it's like, you're going to do jujitsu. Like, there's a club team in the college that you want to go to. It's like, you can quit when you're a purple belt, but you're going to go and learn, damn it. Mm-hmm. So, I think she's pretty excited about good. that. She should because, I mean, it's just, she loved, she loved wrestling. This will be an, a great thing to kind of pair with that. I think, I think it'd be, I mean, just even a couple of years. If she don't even stick with it, that's fine. But, I mean, you can learn so much in a couple of years. So Ben, Absolutely. what are some of your thoughts? Like things you wish you would have known? Uh, 
I wish. Or if you could go back in time or change this or something like that. I mean, yeah. I know it's so open-ended. Yeah, no. Um, I wish I knew how much it would beat up my body and, and how to take care of myself sooner. Um, you know, for a long time, you know, I dislocated my right fibula, my left fibula. Uh, I have tendon issues, my right shoulder. I've got all sorts of issues that I was like, ah, I'm young. I'm fine. We'll be, we'll be good. Just push and now, on tough. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm 30 and it's, it's rough getting out of bed some days. <laughs> um, so I would just wish. The joys of being an athlete. Exactly. I, I just kind of wish, uh, you know, I had known and took care of taking care of them, you know, when they happened the right way instead okay. of just tape it and eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Cause there are, there are times worth, you know, taking some time off the mat. Exactly. And to, to really heal yourself up. And I'll, I'll say like, even having dealt with like my hip injury from weightlifting, you know, it's like I was doing chiropractic care and it wasn't responding. So he sent me for an MRI to make sure it was nothing major, like nothing crazy. Like everything came back fine. So we started training again, do all those kind of things. And then you know, it, just, it wasn't getting better. So I saw my regular doctor. He was more like a sports doctor. Like he handles like a local college around here, does all the athletes and all that kind of stuff. So it's like I, I kind of trust him more than just like a regular general I mean, I don't have like a cold or whatever I go in. Like, it's usually a major problem. Right. Right. So, you like want to take x rays and do all that kind of stuff. Like, all that came back fine. Like, my back, I'm like, I'm seeing my chiropractor. I'm sure my back's fine. Right. Like, it should be no big deal. But he needed to do it for his own reasons and all this kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, when I started seeing my physical therapist, who's like a deep tissue trigger point massage therapist, you know, like, I got more relief from that than anything. Like, all the stuff that I've, I've done chiropractic for years since I put my back out lifting, you know, but it's like, I got so much more relief from that. I think people would really benefit from doing a lot of soft tissue work. Right. You know, doing that kind of stuff because like, man, oh man, you can prevent injuries from getting other areas that are all tightened up and you can screw something up. Like get in there and get some work done. It sucks. It's no fun. It's not like a relaxing, wonderful massage that people think it is. I tell them, I'm going to go get a massage. Like, oh, that's great. Like, trust me, it's not. (laughs) I'm bitching at her the whole time. (laughs) Coach, any thoughts? Um... Yeah, I mean, I I kind of wish I would have known like at a, you know, before I started jujitsu that like, you know, to take it a little bit more seriously like in the early years of grappling, like it's something that was always like really important to me. But there was just so many opportunities and just experiences that I just kind of pissed away that I didn't really care about. And looking back, like I've never I've never met anyone in my life that looks back on like a successful career in any sport and they're like, you know, man, I really wish I didn't work so hard. Everyone kind of never hear that. Everyone always says like, I wish I would have done, I would have worked harder, you know? And, um, there's, there's plenty of things that, that I had like in my early twenties, I could have competed a lot more. I could have traveled a lot more, um, mad geese sponsors and all that stuff. And I just didn't give a shit. You know, I'd rather go out party and be a young 20 year old, you know, that just kind of, didn't really take advantage of a lot of opportunities that I had. And so when I see someone that has like a lot of potential and talent and they kind of, for sense to be like me, they piss it away or they just don't really take jujitsu that seriously. And everyone's different, you know, not everyone makes jujitsu their life. You know, they may have jobs and careers or families or whatever. They don't really have the time. But when I see someone that doesn't really put the time and effort in, but they have like the raw talent to do it, I kind of like, I feel like it's my job to be like, okay, like you don't want to be a fuck up like you, you know, so try to make sure they, you know, at least reach the potential that they have for themselves. Yeah. So that's like one thing I think is like really big is, you know, I, I people, you know, looking back on it, I wish I would know how much of like jujitsu would consume my life and 
to take advantage of like the opportunities that this sport has. Like I have friends that, you know, they've traveled all over the world, been to Abu Dhabi, you know, been over like in Europe, you know, they've gone to Russia, they've gone to Japan, you know, all over the world, you know, jujitsu has taken them all over the world and, and probably they wouldn't even have been able to go if not for jujitsu. Yeah. You know, so take advantage of the opportunities that this sport can bring. Cause you know, if you get good enough, you know, you can do a lot of really cool stuff, but if you don't care and you don't give a shit, you won't get it. You'll kind of never get there. Yeah. It's kind of how that works. All right. Well, that makes sense. So, all right. Well, let's, let's shift gears here a little bit. I know you guys have some funny stories. <laughs> There's some interesting times that have happened in the shenanigans that is jujitsu. <laughs> is there anything that kind of sticks off in your head you guys want to share with the world? Chocolate milk? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I vote for this one. <laughs> I definitely vote for this one. All <laughs> right, here we go. Chocolate milk. Oh man! Did we tell All the right. whole the whole story? Oh yes, the yeah. whole like the Popeyes part too. That, yes, that's yes, yes, the yeah, problem. Yeah. Is like we Absolutely. have we have to go back. We, everyone has to have context, understand okay. all because like a lot of these kind of things are inside jokes because you guys okay. know what's going on. Yeah. But gotta tell the whole story. Yep. Oh, before because this will kind of roll into it. Do we talk about how you floated eight pounds overnight? I was going to say that too yeah. with the so yeah. first time we competed at Chicago. Um, at the Chicago Open, yes, for Chicago IBJJF. Open. Yes, um, we it, it, they broke it into two days, and I think it was brown and black belts went the first day, and then purple, white, blue went the second day. Okay, and it was a fresh brown belt. Now, so does, I went. No, with those, you don't have to like qualify to get in. You can just sign up and go, right? Yep, just sign up and go. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so I went the first day. I competed the first day, um, and then I had been cutting weight pretty hard to make the two hundred eight in a gi, so. After competing, we were, we said, screw it. We're going to go get sushi. We're going to go get this. We're going to go get that. And this one, being competitive, pointing to Devin, by the way, um, <laughs> anything I ordered, he ordered. Well, he's still got to compete the next day. So <laughs> This is a bad idea, sir. <laughs> yeah. So we get back to the hotel. I step on the scale. I'm like 215. He steps on the scale. He's like 212. <laughs> and uh, the next, uh, he's going, well, shit, I got to make 208 in a gi. The key so, weigh is probably what two, three pounds. Yeah, depends somewhere on kind. Yeah, yeah, depends on the brand. Mm. Something like that, though. Yeah. So, you know, we're he's like, oh, it's too t- it's too late. We'll worry about it in the morning. <laughs> Wakes up the next morning, steps on the scale two o three. Don't know how he does it. <laughs> no idea. It's so, so you ate too much food. You were overweight. So to to work it off, you went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and you succeeded. fucking woke up to make weight. Yep. You bastard. Well under. I could go down, <laughs> go down, have some eggs and bacon too. I was ready to go. <laughs> with a big meal the night yep. before, not starving, not pissed off. Yep. Meanwhile, the guy that we drove up with, Dom, he's still cutting. He's like doing, he's spitting in a Gatorade bottle. He's like, anything you can do to get the last couple yeah, of pounds pretty, off. Pretty common weightlifting too. Like if you're driving to a meet three hours away, because we have same day weigh-ins, yep. usually two hours before your session. So you can't really cut a ton of weight because you don't have the day to put it back on. So they'll put like like really uh, sour candies and stuff in their mouth, makes them like salivate, and they'll spit it yep. out, and they actually lose like half a kilo or a kilo going somewhere. Like it's it's disgusting, but man, but oh, it man, works. it works. Yeah. So Dom was doing that, and he's sitting there eating eggs. Going, I'm still <laughs> underweight. I can keep going. But I, 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 honestly, I, obviously, that obviously that's the best way to make weight. It's like you want to start 
what, probably two months out, I would say. Oh, for Cut sure. it nice and slow so you keep all your strength. But where you get to wake up, have breakfast, have water, have your normal routine, you don't want to be like killing yourself to make weight and then try to go compete. Get the fuck for out sure. of here. Especially because you step on the scale and then mm-hmm. out onto the mat. Yeah, you're you just not don't gonna... have the time. Yeah. yeah, you don't have that time to recover. Is that how it works in jiu-jitsu? Like you yeah. weigh in and go out and compete? Yeah. It's so not like even a two-hour nothing? No, like, no, no. no. So Weightlifting's so easy. This well, is awesome. tell you, you know, if your division, you know, if your division 10.30 a.m., mat 7, that like they're going to call you to the bullpen – like 20 minutes before your match is supposed to start, they're going to call you to the bullpen. The ring coordinator will come in, get you. They're going to take you to the gi check. They're going to measure your gi, make sure your patches are on, that your gi's regulation size, you know, that your belt's okay, and then you're going to get on the scale. As soon as you get off the scale, they're going to take you right to your mat. So you don't have time. You can't leave that area. So, like, you can't be like, all right, I just wait. I'm going to go up to the, you know, to the stands and let me get, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some water. Like, you got to take everything with you. Yeah. So if you cut a lot of weight, you know, Whatever you can get in your stomach between that scale and that mat is what you got. And yeah. That's it. Then you got to go fight. So that's <laughs> that's that's tough. But but it makes it makes sense though that like you just don't want to cut a lot of weight. It's not like fighting. We got like twenty four hours or yeah. some bullshit to be mm-hmm. hydrated. Yeah. Those guys kill themselves. That's yeah. not healthy. Yeah, it's it, not good for you. It's really hard, you know. Like you know, to see like there's stuff like Tommy. You know, Tommy the Athlete, the only undefeated MMA fighter. Yeah. Well, uh, uh-uh. uh, wait. Ben Cena, undefeated MMA as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So we, got, we got two in the gym. <laughs> two, yeah. Tommy the Athlete, Tommy Ben the Ath- Cena. So, um, you know, like Tommy, like I won't let Tommy fight featherweight ever again. Like he – Too hard of a cut? It's just too hard for him. I mean, he's he's not like uh, – I'm, I'm a firm believer that people should eat up to a weight class so they can just walk around their normal everyday life, like just come in. Compete to the thing. That's why it, I'm fighting it, super heavy. It is, you know, it, it is to a su- to a certain extent. Like most guys, you, an average grappler is not going to be able to eat whatever they want and get on this. Be like, you know, I'm going to fight at 181. And if they're walking at like 176, 177, and they don't want to go down to lightweight, you are going to be. You're going to find out real quick that when those dudes come down from 185, 190. And they're losing. They're not losing so much water. They're just like essentially not. They're just not being a fat ass. Yeah, they're just dieting down. Yeah, they're straight. dieting down. That's a big difference in terms of physical size. Like they are much different size. Like Tommy physically got on the scale and he was pale white. It's just too hard of a cut for him. And I've seen him do it twice. And he just Tommy is one of the toughest dudes I've ever come across in my life on the mat. And you could tell that he wanted to keep fighting, and he kept trying to do everything he could to stay in the match. He just didn't have the horsepower, the yeah. gas to do it. That's the problem. If he he would go to move, and his body just wouldn't react. Yeah, he I, came off the mat, and was like, "Dude, I just, I just don't." If have you're it. dehydrated, you're yeah. fucked. And I just told him, "I was like, you're not allowed to make this weight no more. You got to fight light. You have to fight lightweight or up. Uh, you cannot fight this weight anymore." Yeah, because it's just it's not that he's undisciplined. I mean, he walks around close to feather, but the problem is that you know when he loses. Yeah, he's a pretty lean guy. He doesn't have a lot to yeah, lose. No, exactly. Jeez. You you start losing when you start when you start talking cutting like for me, for me to make middle heavy, I pretty much have to lose like seven pounds and I can make middle heavy in the gi. But I'm not losing water. Like when you start talking about guys that are already lean and you're talking about cutting water from the body, uh six pounds of water is a lot. That's a lot of fucking weight, man. And for those guys, it's just they don't have that same gas, that same horsepower that they have when they're up a couple pounds. And, 
You know, it's not if, if you're a professional athlete like in jiu-jitsu, that's what you do for a living, then you need to be on some type of program where if you're not going to cut the weight, at least get on some type of strength conditioning where you can get strong enough or big enough to physically fill out to get to the next weight division. But you're not going to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to be a pro athlete. I'm going to weigh 175 pounds and think you're going to fight as a middleweight because that ain't going to happen. Well, yeah, but I'm also not talking about like somebody just being a, a slob and a fat ass right. and just doing whatever they want. I mean, you still need to be disciplined. but Don't talk about me like that. Huh? Well, there's some hey, – <laughs> I'm the biggest one in the room here. Let's be real honest here. But it's like if if you – I think if you eat properly and you, you train all those kind of things, I, just, I still think it's smarter to try to gain a little bit of weight the right way. You know, like put some muscle on, do all that kind of stuff. And but the, it's a trade-off. That's a good point. It's a trade-off. Because then like, you got to feed that, yeah, don't but you? It, but, well, it's not only that. It's not even about physically going up to another weight. It's strategy. So if you have a game that you're very flexible – you're, you know, you're, you're a relatively flexible guy for your division. Like all, I mean, for the most part, all of us are pretty flexible. Um, so a guy that's a heavyweight wouldn't want to go down and cut weight to go down to middleweight if he's able to, because if he's not flexible, not fast, not athletic, those guys are flexible, fast, athletic, strong. They're the total package. They do everything. Most guys that are heavyweight, depending upon what level you're at, they're not nearly as fast. They're strong, yeah. but it's a trade-off. Yeah, they're, they're big you have bruisers. To, what, what, what you're going to sacrifice in speed, they're going to make up for with just power. So it's a trade-off. You don't want to go into a division relatively where you don't feel like your style is going to mesh up well with them. Like I like fighting heavier guys because they're not as fast. They're not as agile. Some are flexible. Like these guys are flexible. You know, you have to deal with that. But most big guys aren't. Yeah. So like Lucas Leitch, he fights up two weight divisions because he's like, I don't want to have to deal with guys inverting and being flexible and all that. Because I'll tell you, like I fought at middle. I fought at middle heavy. I fought at heavy. There, I, I could not tell you the difference, like in terms of strength. In terms of overall physical size of them being on me, I could tell you the difference. But in terms of like how strong they are, they're all about the same strength. Okay. They feel about the same. I never really thought about it that way of like mixing up your game with what you want. Yeah. Like fighting, like as a bigger guy, I don't like fighting people who are smaller than me. I don't like fighting guys that are like plastic size because like we talked about, there's physically much less of him to grab than there is of Devin. Yeah. And then what does he fight at? He's a light feather. So what, what weight? That's around 133, 135 pounds. Yeah. But I don't like fighting people that are that small. Like my instructor Mark is short. He's real short and stocky. I mean, he's heavier. I mean, he weighs like 180 pounds. But to get a hold of him is very hard because he's able to get his legs and his body in places that a guy who's six foot, six foot two is not going to be able to. Yeah. So there's physically much more of them to grab than there is of someone like John. So they get underneath you and it's like it's really hard to do anything where someone who's big, they don't have as nearly as much flexibility or ability to move in spaces that a big guy can. Makes sense. So how the hell does that lead into chocolate milk? <laughs> so, oh man, this is this is great. So we leave we leave Chicago State University and we're like, you know, we get on the road and you got to get on the turnpike. So you take so this is after competing at the yeah. So we're leaving, Open. we're leaving, and uh, we get on the Skyway. Skyway, the Chicago Skyway leads to eighty, and you just drive pretty much eighty all the way home. And you take eighty, you know, pretty much all the way home. So it's like we're driving. And, you know, it's just like there's signs on the side of the road that say, you know, next rest stop, however many miles. Yeah, it's, it was, a, it's a toll road, so everything's pretty spaced Exactly, out. exactly. So we, we, we see this sign on the side of the highway. It literally says like 48 miles is the next stop, and it's got a Popeye's chicken. And we're like, dude. So I call these guys. I'm like, hey, I was like, there's another stop in 48 miles. 
and they have a Popeyes, and they're like, dude, we'll wait. We can make it. We yeah, can it's make only it. an hour. It's no big deal. It's not bad. And so we're, uh, Tommy is in my car, and Tommy's a <laughs> vegan. Tommy the athlete. Tommy the athlete is a vegan. So we're like, oh my God, dude, this is going to be so good. Like, you're going to be, you're not even going to have any food. Like, I can't wait to get the, to this chicken. Right? We're <laughs> talking so much shit. Well, anyway, we, we get to this rest stop. You know, we drive 48 miles, 50 miles, however far it was. We get there and we all have to go to the bathroom. So everybody goes to the bathroom except for Tommy. So Tommy, as we're walking out of the bathroom, is walking down the hallway to the bathroom and he's got like this. Dude, he is this biggest shitty and grin on his face. Like he is smiling from ear to ear, like the Strutting Grinch. Towards yeah, us. like yeah, like walking like kind of McGregor. And I'm like, what's so funny? And he goes, and and I quote, goes, "Bad news in Chicken Town, boys." <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, they're closed. Oh, dude, I was devastated. I was so pissed. We literally we drove that far and they were closed. So. Being that they were closed, you know, we you could get like they, I think like a Sabaro was open. I, I don't know if any food was open. But it was a Burger King. Yeah, had, yeah, Burger he King. He had two Whoppers before this. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're leaving and we're in like attached to this stop was a gas station, right? And uh, we go inside and we're talking about like you know because Tommy was talking about getting Oreos and Devin's like, yeah, he's like, I just talking about how he wanted milk and we're like, dude, you should get like you know you should do the gallon of milk challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bring it up. Who that's brought, a great who brought, that was me. Okay, so Ben brought up because so I was standing Ben's there. the instigator. Hundred percent. Devin doesn't have. Devin has zero ability to say no. <laughs> when Devin is challenged to something, doesn't matter what it is. I think like he's like, okay, I'm going to try. Like, he always tries. So, bro, we're going to work on that. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> They didn't sell gallons of milk, so he had to buy four quarts. Best eight dollars I've ever spent. Yeah, best money ever. <laughs> so they, uh, we get back on, on the on, highway, on the turnpike, on the, on the turnpike yeah. and I'm like, keep me updated because they're in a different car. So was it just the two of you in the car? It was uh, those two and Dom was okay. driving, and Dom drives a lot faster than than I do. So they're a couple miles ahead of me. You know, they're they're considerably farther ahead of me, and like, um. We're just driving, and it's still relatively light out. And we ended up – I passed them on the shoulder. <laughs> the car is open, and I only knew, you know, like I knew it was them, and Devin's just hurling all over the side of the like, highway. Like projectile vomiting, I yeah. Oh, yeah, he's just throwing up all over the place. And I call him like, was that you guys I just passed? And Devin's throwing up. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Devin, tell them the milk choices that you got. Oh, man. Um what with the uh, with the milk? What did you choose? Whole chocolate. Oh, whole milk. chocolate milk. Yeah. Was there any other kind yeah. of chocolate milk? I don't uh-huh. understand. It was whole. And Hell yeah! So I opened I opened the first one and we're driving and I I just start going at this one like I, I get down to like half of it, I'm thinking like dude this is nothing. The stomach's still empty still and I'm looking at Dom and he's driving like because yeah, there was no chickens. Yeah, have some chocolate milk. No 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 no. He had two whoppers. Oh, you guys at the oh, restaurant. Yes. Oh, okay okay yes. He had two whoppers and was, fries. I thought that was earlier. Okay, okay. No. Like Burger King also, yeah. So I'm accepting with two whoppers. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> can't say no. I get pretty much down with the first one, cap it. Like, whatever, dude. Throw it back. Ben passes me the other one. I open it up. Take like a couple sips. And then I put the cap on it. And I'm like starting to get like a little bloated. A little, like moving gr- around. gurgly yeah. sounds in your stomach. I'm moving around the seat. And like Dom's kind of like, he never looks at me, but he's like, you all right? And just keeps driving forward. And I was like, yep, I'm good. And like, yeah, turn the air it. on. Yeah. Turn the <laughs> air on. And, uh, Why am I sweating? I go, I go to like, I go to like take another sip and maybe like not even a quarter the way down with the second one. I go to take another sip. 
put it back on. I like sit the seat back instead. And he's like, you want me to pull over? And I'm like, nope. I'm all set. We're good. And, yep. We're good. And I'm Hold kinda, on. Kind of like looking looking outside, signs going by and everything. And and I was like, hey, Dom, how, how long to the next rest stop? Like the kind of the one we were just at. And he's at about 21 miles. And I was like, you're going to want to pull over right <laughs> Not now. Gonna make it. <laughs> Not going to make it. I get out of the car, dude, in this media or wherever we were at, this like in a ditch, ditch, this valley ditch. And I get out. I literally think about drinking more chocolate milk. In just projectile, <laughs> yeah, that was it. I would like to point out, though, he redeemed himself. The next summer, we went to um, Summer Smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like a first form does a party every year, and he crushed a gallon, and then some finished. No, doms, and then Dom's that he couldn't finish. I've never seen people get through it. Like the whole idea. Oh is yeah, like, he did it. You're just gonna vomit everywhere. That's mm-hmm. the whole. Pur- that's why they dye it purple and green and whatever else the yeah. fuck they do for these challenges. Like. You're, everybody knows you got throw up. Yeah. No, he I crushed it. I can't believe you got through it. He got through yeah. it and then Holy continued hell. to drink to try and force himself so to you went, you went, <laughs> you went to court. To get rid of it. And then a couple of sips and threw up. And then you got through a whole damn gallon. Yeah. Were you like training in the off season? What was going on I here? I think it was the strategy at first. <laughs> Killing the first one out of the way. It's not way, not the way you do it. Slow and steady? Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> What's more whiskey? Uh, please, yeah. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Um, so what are the kind of fun stories you guys got? There's got to be, f- like, fun stuff from these meets, right? I mean, meets, uh, competitions. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, right? like, like what, what kind of stuff goes on there? So, you know, when you go to, like, the IBJJF, you know, you, you want to – it's not all, like, jiu-jitsu – Jiu-Jitsu can't just be like a job, right? It's not something like – competition is something you have to look forward to. But at the same time, like when you're there, it's got to be fun. If you only focus on like the tournament, which I get, you know, for like a high-level black belt, that that's like what they, they want to be. Yeah, but at that point, you're probably right. 15, 20 years in. Right? right, right, right. Whereas like if you're just there to like compete, like of course we go to win. Like we're not there, you know, just to fuck around. Well, you're we, there to we, put on we, your yeah, best we show. Like, fucking win. It's, it's like anything else. It doesn't matter if you win. It's like it's go out there and fight. Yeah, but right? at the same time, it's like we have to we have to have fun and like just you know enjoy the time that we have when we're there. It's not always about. It's not all about just the competition. Of so, course. So these two. <laughs> Okay, I'm sitting in the stands, <laughs> and uh, I, you know I'm watching. You where's, know, it, where's this at? Chicago, Chicago State. Yeah, okay. I'm sitting in the stands, and I, these two aren't near me. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what they're doing. And all of a sudden, <laughs> some this lady comes over the loudspeaker, uh, like over the PA system, and goes, "Parents, please don't let your kids go up into the top part of like the." Uh, <laughs> of the mezzanine, like up in the top area of the seating. And in my head, I'm like, I just pictured this woman with Ben and Devin by their shirt collars <laughs> carrying them. Like, yeah, that's, that, that's our coach right there. Like, so in my head, I was just dying laughing because they ended up coming over to me. Like, yeah, I found them later. I was like, were you guys upstairs sitting up at the top? And they're like, no, I was like, did you hear that announcement? So, you know, that's always funny, but yeah, I mean, you know, fight to win is always, is a cool experience because we're all together. Like when you're at the IBJJF, like only the competitors can go into the to like the way area, the competition and the areas. Yeah, and, like yeah. black belts can go down there. We can go in and out, but because you're probably the coaches. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but we can't coach inside the barriers. We're just like everybody else, which is something I really like about jujitsu. Is like as a black belt, we're not treated any different. Like at the world championships, you can wear like a jacket, like a coach's jacket, and go in and sit in a chair like close to the mat. I, I thought that you thought you were allowed to do that with your coach. 
No. So, like, I – like, in Chicago, we have to stand behind the barriers just like everybody really? else. Really? I did not yeah. know that. So, like – So, you're really out there on your own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I like that. But you're out there on your own, but then you've got – you know, it's a good feeling when you've got a fucking army of people behind you screaming for you, you know. like Yeah, that's, but, uh, but that usually becomes just, like, a big white noise. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, like, at Fight to Win, that was more of, like – we were in like a sports complex and they have warm up areas in the back. So anyone can go back there. Really? So we were all together. Okay. Like we could all hang out, chill out. And it's trying to make sure that like you want to keep as relaxed as possible. Yes. Because like there were times like where I would go to a tournament and I would run for an hour and I don't, I don't run. You were just so anxious and nervous. Yeah. And I could run for an hour straight and not stop. But I worked myself up so much that like, you adrenaline dump hard because it doesn't matter. Like your mind, like your body is going to get tired because it's up so long. You're going to crash. Yeah. So it's like, if we just hang around and just chill out, yeah, and, just shoot the shit. Yeah. Talk shit yeah. and make fun of each other. It kind of, everyone still knows that they're going to fight, but it's not nearly as stressful. It's kind of that more like relaxed type environment. But at the same time, like when they get out there, like when we get out there and we fucking touch hands, it's go time. It's go. We, yeah. We're going to fight. So I think like in that regard, it's more like those are some of the most fun times I've had is just sitting back there and, and there's nothing really that comes that, to mind. That's you when know? you bond with yeah, people. Yeah. When you're just hanging out. You're nothing real, that we said. Yeah. I mean, like a lot that, of, yeah. a lot of people are competing, even the ones right. who aren't, but you're still there for each other, yeah. supporting everybody. Yeah. That's when you bond. Yeah, for sure. And you get to know people like, you know, you get to meet other competitors and meet other people and, you know, like Mark was there. So it was cool to see him, you know, interact with us you know these guys as they're competing so to see how they are because not everyone's the same you know like like mark when mark competes once the headphones go on don't talk to him leave him alone Fair he enough. doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be talked to Gets into his zone i would rather if i'm competing i would rather just sit and warm up like 10 minutes before my match and just hang out and talk because the more i do that the more i kind of like normalize and stay I, relaxed yeah i can stay relaxed yeah because yeah. You know, a lot of people just get in their own heads. They pace back and forth and they kind of like amp themselves up. But then they realize like if they've never done that, it's very out of the ordinary for them. So like how you compete in the gym is how you're going to compete in a match, right? So like if you don't amp yourself up, so a lot of people like they fucking slap themselves or they fucking run like wind sprints and they fucking get on the mat and then they're like, ah, and they start going crazy. They try to pass the guard real quick. But if their style's not like that, you're already going out of your game to fight a style that's not even how you fight in the gym. But if you fight your style every day like you would in a tournament, you're not going to feel like out of the ordinary. It's yeah. just going to be another day of training. But you can't – I see a lot of people that post on like social media like, yeah, like a really good comp training today. And I just want to know like what the fuck do you do in your comp training you know, like, what does it look like? What do you do in it? Like, do you positionally spar? Do you drill? Do you, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you do? And I can tell you, like, based upon how some of these people uh, place in tournament, they don't fucking train competition style jujitsu at all. Now, what would that be in your mind? Like a comp style training? Yeah. It's very much based upon, like, the aspects that you're going to run into in a tournament. So, like, if you're going to run, like, a competition-style training, you're going to have, like, a very quick warm-up. And then you're going to go right into some type of, like, drilling session that's probably going to last. So, if it's a two-hour training session, you're probably going to warm up for 15 minutes. You're probably going to drill for a half hour. So, there's 45 minutes. Now, that drilling is going to be really fast. Like, there, I'm not going to show you technique. 
I expect you, if you're a competitor, to know what I'm talking about when I tell you, like, I want you to do 20x passes as fast as you can. Go. One, two, three, four, five, as quick as you can. Okay? 20 knee cuts, 20 perimeters, um, 20 back takes, um, you know, whatever. Like, you know, like your go-to, get to your go-to guard, sweep, come to the top pass, like, you know, whatever. So it's very quick. I'm not taking time to, like, break down technique. Like, because in some classes, it may take me, like, five minutes to break down one technique. Like, we're just wasting time. So you're drilling quick. You're drilling competition-oriented positions. Like, you pass the guard, the guy moves to the turtle, you seat belt, take the back. Stuff like that. Yeah, things you're actually going to see. Yeah, exactly. Because you can almost almost bet what people yeah. are going to do in certain positions. Yeah, exactly. Then you'll break off, like, in groups. So you'll go, okay, anyone that's a rooster weight, which is the lowest weight in jiu-jitsu, is like 125 pounds. Jesus. Grown-ass to, men fight that? To lightweight. So anyone from light, which is 167 and a half, 168, from there to rooster, go to this side of the room. Anyone that's middle and above, go to this side of the room. So you and got what's, like... What's uh, middle? Middle's 181. 181. Yeah, 181, 181 and a half. So anyone that's 181 and a half to, to ultra heavy, Even which the is big un, unfucking limited, right? Go on this side of the room. So then you can do, depending on how many people you have, do king of the mountain. So you start on the feet, slap bump, because if you start one up, one down, you don't start like that in competition. Yeah. Start on the feet. Go. First to score wins. And sometimes you make it only takedowns. Only fucking takedowns. So like, you only way for you to, to win is you got to take your partner down. And the guy who wins stays in, king of the mountain. And then it goes from there. It goes from there. You do that for 15 minutes. Get a little quick break, come back, and then we'll like positionally spar. So we'll have one guy, have one guy down, bottom guy, you're down by an advantage. You got to get on top or you got to get an advantage to tie the match. Do that for however long. So it's very like if you put people like in stressful situations, it's not so much like I right, get a partner and roll. If I tell you you have one minute to score, you're going to do that. Like if I told you, okay, you're down by one point, you have one minute, you got to sweeping at the top, you are going to move much faster in that one minute than you would if I said, okay, six minutes, you're down by a point, you have to score. You probably won't move that quick. Yeah, but if you're a long time. Yeah, exactly. But if you are if you know in your head, like you're not going to panic if I tell you, hey, you're down by one, we need to score one minute to go. You're going to fucking start moving into positions that you try to score from that you trained in the gym. But I, but I love that because you're putting them in a very specific scenario so that way, when they see it later, it's not going to freak yeah. them out. Like, oh, yeah. well, I've been here a bunch. I know what to do. I know yeah, exactly. what works. I know what doesn't. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, there's plenty of guys that were down, you know, that are down in, in, in matches that are down by a point or two points, and they fucking sweep with 30 seconds left, 15 seconds left, and they sweep and get to the top, and they know it. You know what I mean? They, they, they know they're fine, but it's just kind of – it's really hard to – you're not going to be able to just do that if you've never trained like that. No. It's not going to happen. Yeah, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, you're going to try to simulate um, a competition as much as you can. So you're going to like show, show up to the gym. You're going to yeah. warm up a little bit, kind of chill out, yeah. like like have a couple of hard fights, sit yeah. down for a little bit, come back up to have a couple yeah. more fights. But this is, yeah. seems much more like, re- realistic of an actual right. training session, but it's just tweaked a little bit yeah. to have it specific to like what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, but training like for the IBJJF, like when that comes back around, we're going to do like – so you're going to fight one match. So if your round is seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever, they have to give you at least an eight-minute break. So you're going to fight seven minutes. If it goes all seven, you're going to get a seven-minute break, and we're going to see how you react. We're going to see how your body reacts, what it does. Does it cramp? Do you get tired? Do you get fatigued? 
And if you do, you're going to have to find some way to fucking amp yourself back up to go back out there on the mat. He goes, people fight and they leave. And then they don't fight again for like, a, you know, 20, 25 minutes. You know, sometimes I'm not going to wait 20, 25 minutes to let you fight again. We'll wait seven. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I mean, I don't know how long it will take. Some divisions normally go pretty fast. But let's see how your body reacts. Yeah, I would think they'd try to do that to keep everybody warm. Keep everybody well, moving. you're not going to fight a seven-minute round, get a one-minute break, and then fight a seven-minute round. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to do that. I like doing that because I like getting tired. I like pushing myself. But, that, but that's tired. also part of conditioning right, and exactly, training. It's, exactly, it's different. Exactly. But it's, it's different in the sense of like, let's see how we react and how our bodies react when we do this, how relatively it could run. Because some people... They walk away five minutes, their heart rate's back down, and they're walking around fine. Some people walk away, their heart rate comes down, and they fucking crash, and they can't come back up. They can't amp themselves back up to go back out there and compete again like they did in that first round. For me, the first match is always the hardest. If I can, if I can get the first match out of the way, I'm fine. That's like the big one. Is, is I think that's for a lot of people. I would assume I'd so because because yeah. you're so worried about coming in. Yeah. And once well, it's you lose. Like, okay, we're already here. No you're way, done. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, you lose. You're done. There's no there's no consolation bracket. They don't care. You can go to the world championships with 150 dudes in your division. You lose one time, you're done. You don't you don't get to the medal round until there's four people left in your division. So you could fight. Six times and depending lose. on how many yeah. people are yeah, there, you can right? fight five times and, and then lose your fifth match. And then guess what? Thanks for coming. See you later. There's no coming back. Slap in the ass yeah, the way yeah, out. Say, thanks, thanks, boys. Man. Yeah, thanks for your $200 t shirt. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, damn t shirts. What are you two over here gossiping about? Whispering to each other. We were we were joking that that is a word for word preview of what we're going to get next Saturday. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> Play your cards right. <laughs> no, but I, I, I truly believe that you know, simulating um, competition is the only way to actually prepare yourself for competition. Makes sense. You can't, other than just competing a lot. Yeah, like coming into the gym and like, you know, drilling a little bit and then be like, all right, ever get a partner and spar. Like, yeah, you can do that sometimes. You know, that's fine if you're not going to be a competitor. But if you're a competitor, it's 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 spending time in a competition-oriented class that's geared around the most common things you're going to see in competition and putting yourself at disadvantages. That way you know how to deal with them. And I got to say, like, today when we were doing the circle drill, so, like, everybody runs in a circle. Shannon will call two people out, and they fight and first to score. You know, that extra pressure. I haven't done that and I haven't been in the middle. You, you can see it like on forever. people's faces that they they get a little panics coming out in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And and I haven't, you, I haven't yeah. been in the middle in forever. And you know, when he called me, I was like, there's, there's no oh, pressure because shit. it's just us. We all know each other. No, no, no. There's you pressure. But, there's uh, pressure because you got to win. But it's not like being in a crowd in front of other people. You know what right, I mean? Like, but it's, it's, it's a nice little step up yeah. from everybody's rolling, nobody's looking at me to everybody's looking at me and yelling at me. And I got right. yeah. to still figure it out. So that's and a nice step in the right direction. It seems like with my untrained die it seems like even some of the guys who you pull out there they fight a little differently then they're a little bit more right. a little bit oh, more cautious sure. they're a little bit more conservative yeah. right? so you have to kind of it's a fine line between you know anyone when they're out there they can be like relaxed and calm but for some reason when they go out there it's like i you know they they're, yeah, they're, yeah, everything's kind of heightened and they and they start to kind of be a little bit more conservative and a little bit more rigid and a little bit more cautious and it's like you don't want to you, it's hard to explain to someone like you can't train in the gym differently than you compete. So it's like when they have that problem, you have to be like, okay, like then they need to go out there more. 
Yeah. Because I, they, they gotta get used the to only it. way to get comfortable competing is competing. You yeah. have to go out and do it all the time. Like the reason that the guys are the best in the world is because they've competed for years and years and years and, and they've beat the best guys in the world and they're confident. Yeah. And, and now they've it's done it all just the time. another day in the exactly. office. Here exactly. We go. Exactly. hundred percent. But a guy that doesn't compete all that often, um, it's really difficult to tap into that mindset. You know, because when you go out there and people are screaming, you know what I mean? Like, don't give up the, you know, don't give up the back attack. You know, don't let him mount you. You know, get your hips back. Don't get taken down. It just, for whatever reason, and it does it to me too. It, it does it to a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. It's just like you almost forget to breathe. Like, you, you start okay. to panic. Okay. And you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. But I'll tell you, coming back after being off for like a long time because of my knee and trying to spar again for the first time, like my lungs were on fire. Like I couldn't breathe. There were times like I had to lay down on the mat and I, I couldn't push into my stomach because I could, it, the pain, I couldn't breathe. I literally felt like I swallowed like hot charcoal and it was miserable. But like I still tried to fight as many rounds as I could because when you're tired, you kind of find out, you learn a lot about yourself for sure. You learn about how tough you are as a person and how far you're willing to push yourself. But at the same time, you find out how good your jiu-jitsu is. Yeah. You know, there are times like where I get super tired and I get my fucking guard pass. I get my back taken. I get put in the turtle. I get smashed in the mount. But it's like that doesn't – it doesn't scare me anymore as much as it's like I have work to do. And it's not so much – like when you're fighting a guy that just keeps coming after you, keeps coming after you, keeps coming after you, that's like the hardest people to fight in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And especially when you're tired. You know, and your lungs are on fire. It's hard to breathe. You can't catch your breath. You know what I mean? You start to panic. And then you kind of find out like how good your jiu-jitsu is because you don't have like that same explosive power. You really have to rely on technique and – you know, fighting in, in, in an environment like that where that kind of is like brought out of you, it really – It'll do. It'll either make or break you. You'll find out real quick whether or not this sport is for you or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like most people, honestly, who come into the gym, what do they make it? Two months, maybe, before most of them just kind of take off. Right. I would assume that's a, that's yeah. about normal. Yeah. I mean, the the average person in jujitsu, like the lifespan of them is very minimal. Like they say, it's like a business owner, like you'll you'll get about like twelve months out of them, and then they probably won't come back. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it's a, it's a progress thing. I mean, for most people, they need the gratification of of promotion. They need the gratification of like, hey, I'm learning. Like most people, how I tell them they're learning is I have to tell them like, wait till someone comes in that's never done jujitsu, and then roll with them after you've done jujitsu for like six months. Most of them, if that if they are lucky enough to be like training for like five, six, seven months, and then a new guy comes in and they're able to like spar with them and not hurt them in any way, not demoralize them, of course. But they realize like, holy shit, like I have a lot of control over this person. Like I can control them on the ground. I can submit them. I can mount them. I can take them back. I am learning. It's really hard to show progress in a gym where everyone's pretty competitive and everyone's pretty good, especially if you're new. Like when I walked into the jiu-jitsu, when I walked into East Coast for the very first time doing jujitsu, like the highest rank in the gym was a blue belt. Like no one in that gym was amazingly good at jujitsu. So that's not that bad. When you walk into a gym and you know, you've got black belts, brown belts, purple belts all over the place, and they're all pretty good. Um, it's really hard for you to gauge how good you're getting because no matter what, they're going to be able to kick your ass Yeah. for, for years. So it's like, dude, I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. But then you roll with someone who's never grappled or a guy that's grappled a few months less than you. And then you're like, holy shit. 
Like, I actually know a lot more. I'm just not able to pull it off on a guy who's better than me. Which makes a lot of sense because they kind of know what you're going to do before you get there. And well, we do. They, they know what you're going to do before they even fucking slap hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, they know you're not going to do shit. You're going to do shit, <laughs> You're not going to do a damn thing. <laughs> and we've had this conversation too, you and I. You know, you, you've, after a couple of rounds, said, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting better. And it's like, no. It was, it was interesting yeah. because after, after like the quarantine, we had a couple months off and we got back into training. And it's like, I felt like I fucking forgot everything. Which, because, like, I, I'd only been back for a few months, so it's like, I had, like, three months of training, and then I took, like, uh, almost a year off, I mm-hmm. think, and then and I joined True Art, and then had a couple months of training, and then we got shut down because uh, the governor thinks she's my goddamn mother, and he gets <laughs> to make decisions for me. It's ridiculous. And, and then, we, so we took a couple months off, we got back in training, I was like, I remember, like, rolling with T, like, one of the first days back. He was like, like, we were just flowing, just, like, getting moving, like, I'll do a sweep, I'm like, What's the sweep? I don't even know. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. He's like, I'll do this. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Well, in your There's, defense, we were doing a little training on the side. Well, I, there's, there's that, small, of course. Small group, socially distanced, uh, no, responsible like, training. Like private training. With, with like, masks. No, of course, I get it. But it's one of those things. It was like, like I felt like for months there, like I just was beating my head against the walls. Like, mm-hmm. this time, it's like, I'm going to get through this time. Like, this time, this time. No, I just kept just, just, just running into the wall. I'm like, fucking like. Like I was telling Coach the other day, it's like all I think of like when I when I when I uh, roll. I was like grapple, like that's stupid. Like when we roll, it's like I, just, I want a pass guard, retain guard. <laughs> Super simple. I'm not trying to do a bunch of fancy shit. Just control positions and try to either work past them or regain them once I've lost them. Like that's what I'm focusing on. Like and I roll with you two shitheads, <laughs> you know. And like I get my dick kicked in for like the entire time because well, we, we constantly have to step it up with you though. You are yeah. you are too big for us to let you get anything. You know, if, if you get side control, that's it. That's the round. Like, I'm going to lay there and frame and hope that you don't crush the wind out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, like, as you're progressing, we're also stepping it up with you and, repeatedly. And, that, and, and that's the thing that I don't realize. Because, like, to me, it's like, well, I'm just trying to get past his guard, but I can't get past his guard. And, like, nope. two months later, I'm just trying to get past his guard, and I can't get past his guard. And then it's cause two, months, two months later, I'm, I'm trying to get past his guard. I fucking can't get past his guard. Like, yeah. it's holy shit. Because I don't want to fight out of side control with you. <laughs> Yes, so I don't want you to get there, so exactly I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> like, when have I ever got you to side control? Yeah, well, yeah that'd be never. You like, <laughs> just sit on my chest, like, damn it, well, get, so off, that, yeah, get I, off me! I don't want you to get there, so <laughs> that that's that's the only reason. Well, it's exactly like, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize it there for a while because, like, yeah. again, like I'm rolling against you guys. You guys are having to step up your game, but I don't realize that because to me, it's like, well, shit, I just can't get past. Like, I was just like, fuck, like, what am I doing wrong? And I just, I didn't know, but then it was. Uh, was it yesterday? No, Thursday. I was rolling with Preston. We were doing a drill. Like we line up on the wall, we come out, we fill mm-hmm. in. And you get to pick. Well, uh, for us, it was like side control. Um, what the uh, mount or the back? The, the mount or the back with the seat belt with the belt and the hooks, right? And and like, and I asked you the first time we ever did that drill, coach. I was like, what do you want me to do? And he said, work in side control, try to get to the back. I'm like, all right, so that's what I do. So I come out, and that's what I'm working on. And it's like, I can hold people down a little bit better now, but I can't transition. And you guys are good enough that I'm not going to catch you in Americanas, Camorras, that kind of stuff. And I was like uh, rolling with Preston, and it was interesting because he's a squirrely little guy. And I have trouble with that because I'm a big guy. So we can get his legs in like the little space that I give him that I, I can't ever get back. It's like, shit. You know, so normally he gets guard that I'm back in line, that I wait mm-hmm. to get somebody else or whatever. But I held him down for a good three or four minutes, had to shift my my weight, my hips, and like, and, and he was like, 
dude, that was great. You did an awesome job. Like that was that mm-hmm. was great. So I was like, I talked that up as a win. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't get passed. I didn't get to do anything. But I was right. like, you know what? Like this is fucking great. Like right. I'm really happy with it. That that was awesome. And then I came out the next round and I go with RJ and I got fucking uh, what, what do you even call it? Like a cross collar choke. Then about four seconds, like, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't even know if this is a possibility. I'm in side control. How the fuck did you do? I was, How did you get side control? I was so mad. I, I had to kind of walk that one off for a second. I was so pissed. <laughs> I just wanted to punch somebody in the face. It's like, I, I don't even know how to happen. I got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. You know, but it's like little things like that. Now I'm, I'm trying to see those as wins. Yeah. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm lasting longer. I'm doing these kind of things. I'm, I'm controlling the position better. It's, I'm not just, you know, it's like, oh, two seconds and I'm back in line. Oh, yeah. four seconds. I'm back in line. Shit. That's like, most people can't do that. To what, be what do you mean? Like most people can't do that, to be honest with you. Like most people can't take getting the shit kicked out of them every day. And come back, they can't. Yeah, they're they're mentally just not built for that. Well, their egos get yeah. bruised, and then they want to win. They want to do something else. What what makes us a little bit different from everybody else is like I I tell these guys like I I can't roll with everybody. I can't roll with everyone in a class. So like when someone comes into the gym, like of course I want them to feel welcome, but at the same time, more than likely they'll migrate to somebody. Yeah, and and that like that person will probably take you under their wing and help you. A lot of gyms aren't like that. And they're like, oh, well, the only way for me to learn is I have to learn from, like, I have to roll with my instructor. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll roll with anyone that asks, but I can't roll with, like, if 30 people are in the gym, I can't roll with all 30 of you. No, there's no way. I just want, there's, there's no way I can do that. We don't even roll that many rounds. But, like, if you're going, you know, like Ty, for example, like Ty rolls with Ben and Devin more than he rolls with me. Yeah. And the reason that he is so good is because for a year and a half, two years – it's not that they beat the shit out of him. You know what I mean? It's not that they fucking just try to kill him. It's the yeah. fact that, like, they would fucking put him in positions and be like, don't do that. Do this. Get in single leg X here. Get an X guard here. Make grips here. Retain your guard here. Do this. Do this. Do this. And when someone pours that type of knowledge into you and tries to help you, not only do you feel like a sense of, like, of want, right? They Because they, like, you'll stick around if people, if you feel that people want you to get better. Yes. Right. And then that, that becomes like a big that's thing. That's huge, man. But that's that's the great culture that you have built at the gym is that, yeah, like, again, like you can't roll with everybody. It's, it's just not feasible. So, like, some of the upper belts yeah. are always willing to roll with the, the, the lower belts. But trust it's, me, it's they, great. I mean, they know just as much of jujitsu as I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, it's not, I don't know a lot more. It's just they have their games, they have their style of grappling. And their little flair and what they bring to the table is just as good. They can help. They can, you know, an open mat, take a guy off to the side that has questions and train with them for a couple rounds. They'll probably learn more in those like 10, 15 minutes that you spar with them and answer their questions than if they sparred with a new person for an hour. Exactly. I remember there's a couple times that, that Ben, you specifically, because you two have kind of taken me under your wings a little bit, like because we, we roll a lot. Um, not not at the moment right now with you, Devin, because my knees my knees fucked up and you would destroy it. It would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, goddamn legs <laughs> with the like with the we always frame uh, X guard or whatever that is. Yeah, right? it's seated X two. Shit, yep. <laughs> no bueno right now. But I can I can remember one time, Ben. It's like I was uh, in a fundamentals class and you were there probably on a Wednesday because we were going to roll afterwards. And coach was showing us a drill and I was having a lot of trouble with it. I, I just couldn't figure it out. And he was and you were like, oh, this is how I do it. Because I'm not as flexible, or this or that, or whatever, and, and I tried that. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, that worked for me. 
You yeah. know, it's, it's not that like coaches show me anything wrong. It's just I couldn't We're physic- built more similar. I couldn't physically do what he did. I'm not flexible enough or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And it's just oh, it's like those little things like it mean the world. You know, whereas I think yeah, probably a lot of other gyms is just. Upper belts, yeah, beat you up and don't teach anything. It's whatever. And mm. They just kind of do their thing. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. But that's certainly not the culture that we have. Yeah. I think the other big culture thing is, you know, even after today, like we all fought pretty damn hard today. You know, kind everyone's kind of laying around. Kind of a tough class. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's kind of laying around afterwards. And we're just talking shit to each other, making fun of each other, specifically Plazic today. Um, right. Well, he's, he's but, kind of put his foot in his mouth a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> but like. You know, just being able to, like, hang out and even if the white belts don't say anything, like, most of them don't, they yeah. just hang out just hang out along the wall and yeah. we're talking shit, yelling at each other, and it's, it kind of helps that bonding, yes. too. You yes, know, yeah. 100%. You know, you're part of something. But yeah. I noticed that because, like, I, I usually hang out afterwards and we just kind of just chill and do whatever and just kind of hang out till everybody's leaving. Right? I've, I've always kind of been told that. Like, you know, be the first one there, be the last one to leave. Like, just be, be a part of the culture, right? That's yeah. kind of the idea, right? Like, add to it, don't take it from it, right? And I can remember last week specifically was a hard uh, Saturday. It was a hard day of training, but Saturdays are usually the toughest days. Typically, yeah, you got tomorrow off. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Because the gym's closed. You just you just can't go in because it's the you only day. Tomorrow. It's the only day you can take off. But <laughs> but uh, I can remember it's like there's usually like a handful that kind of hang out, like half I would say, but. It seemed like almost everybody, about five people kind of had to leave, like doing stuff, family things, whatever. I get it. But most people were just whipped and just were sitting around and just talking and bullshitting and hanging out. Like it was, it was a pretty cool thing. I was like, I've, I was talking to Tony because we were talking about jazz music and stuff. I was like, I haven't seen. Why, why the look? I don't understand. Jazz flute. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with jazz? You like jazz? Look at the hell. Like music's such a beautiful thing. Come on, get out of here! But he was telling, uh, but it was like we were, we were talking. Like I can't think of this this many people sitting around after training, just hanging out, talking, bullshit, and just having a good time. I can't think of it a time that I've seen last year of that happening. Yeah, as much as like you know, we always laugh, but it's like as much like for example, like messing with Plazic, but like nobody else gets to mess with Plazic. Of course not. Nobody else. Well, it's, somebody it's, for another team try to fuck with Plaza. It's, like, it's oh, kind of like fight. it's kind of like anybody in our gym. It's like yeah. like these are our guys. If you yeah. fuck with one of us, you yeah, fuck yeah, with all yeah. of us. And, that, and that's like when they when they all sit around and like have that camaraderie. Number one, they have the comfortability to sit around because they feel like this is a, this, I belong here. Yeah, you know, this is my place. Yeah, they don't feel comfortable. Yeah. It's like I don't feel like yeah. I do belong because it's their club and they're right. not letting me in and I right. should yeah. leave. Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. Not at all. And honestly, I mean, why would you want to be a part of a place that's like that? Because I've been to gyms, man. Like, I've never trained in any for like a long period of time. I've went and visited gyms, and like, you know, there it's clicky. Like, there's yeah. guys that that come in like before class, and they'll be sitting on like one end of the gym, and then there's like more people that are congregating on one side. Whereas, like for us, they these guys all sit in the hallway because we don't have a big common area. They'll sit in the hallway and just like mess with each other. Yeah, everybody's bullshitting. Talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how you doing? Like, What's it's going not, on? Yeah, yeah, it's not segregated in any way. Yep. Like. You know, the parents all get along. Like in my kids' class, they talk to each other. And, you know, it's the same, you know. Yeah, the parents might have more fun than the kids do on those days. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they don't, have to, they don't have to deal with their kids for an hour, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things when you have, you know, people that, that want to be a part of something. But at the same time, they have that, like, that comfortability to know that they belong is, is what keeps, I think, people around more often than – because – I don't give a shit what I said. Dude, you can you can have the fucking best jiu-jitsu in the world, but if you don't have like a cool environment, like a fun environment to be a part of, people aren't gonna want to stick around. Nope. You know what I mean? Like if we like if we trained from 
today. We trained from 11 o'clock to like 1230. Okay. If you didn't come into the gym, if I didn't let anyone congregate outside, you had to wait in your car. Okay. And you could come in, you, you had to have like your gi pants on and you could change. You could go on the mat at 1230 class ended. we bow out. You had to get your stuff and go out to your car immediately. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't see how, like... Yeah, good luck building a... Yeah, nice exactly. But, like, that. how do people, like... The only time that you have to converse with people is on and off the mat. Like, I'm sorry. Like, when you're on the mat, like, if you're, like, an open mat, that's one thing. But when we're on the mat, we're not there to fucking talk. We're there to fucking train. We're there yeah. to get better at jiu-jitsu, right? Now, people can have, like, little small conversations. I understand that. But for the most part, when we're on the mat, we're there to work. We're there to get better at jiu-jitsu. We're not there to fuck around. You want to talk, go, go to fucking painting with a twist. If you want to talk, <laughs> but the time that these people have, like some of the the funniest shit that happens in our gym happens off to the side of the mat. But everyone knows like when you step from the carpet onto the, onto the tatami, then it's business. Then we're there to work. We're there to get better. You know what I mean? There are times where we have some fun and I get that, you know, everybody, we have to have fun, you have to. but I think everyone can agree with the fact that like, I, I want to get, I want to get better at jujitsu more than I want to have fun. Yeah. I still want to have fun, but I want to, exactly, I want to get better you, you got to have that balance. Yeah. It's, it's got to be an open, wonderful environment, but you've also got to work hard and train as well. Right. You, you can't have too much fun, but you, you can't have too much of the other as well. Right. It kind of backfires. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, like, we're, we're getting pretty good on time here. Um, let's do two quick stories. Now, Coach, I know you've talked about this, like the Chicago Open. Everybody, everybody goes, and you drive up, and it's a fun time, and you make white belts go out and get food. Yeah. Like, t- like, tell me about this. So the very first Chicago Open I ever went to, not the very first, excuse me, uh, the f- the Chicago Open that I went to, so the, f- the very first Chicago Open I went to was at a place called the Odium. The Odium is like an indoor hockey arena. Okay. Um. So like your 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 like area before you go on the mat is actually kind of cool. It's the fucking penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually really kind of cool. Um, so the first two Chicago Opens I fought as a blue and purple belt were at the Odium, and the very first Chicago Open I fought at that I that I won was at um, Chicago State University, which is where it's been every year since. Um, that was in like 2014. So Chicago State University is in a very not nice part of Chicago. It's the South Side. It's very dangerous. It's not a very nice, beautiful campus, just not a very nice area surrounding it, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting in the stands, and um, all of a sudden, like my buddy John and Matt, they're all going around like collecting money. And I'm like, what the fuck is that, like 50-50 raffle? Like, what's going on? And I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna get Popeye's chicken. Because there's a Popeye's. You guys right love up. your Popeye's. Yeah, we do, dude. And uh, there's a Popeye's chicken literally right up on the corner. I mean, you turn right to go down the road to get to Chicago State from the highway. Well, it's a college campus. Yeah, I mean, right there. Lots of places. Yeah, there. yeah, right there. There's a Popeye's chicken. Yeah. And we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I threw, you know, whatever. You get, you throw like two, three bucks, you know, four bucks, whatever. And um, they send like the white belts to go get the fucking chicken. <laughs> so they fucking go get it, bring it back. And it's just cause they don't care. Like to, to get in Chicago open, like at least when we were there, you didn't have to pay to go in. Okay. They don't, they don't charge an admission fee. Nothing. You can just go in and fucking watch. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. You're like, you go to the world's. It's not like that. It's 20 bucks a session, which I gladly pay. It's the best money I ever spent. But in the Chicago open, it, they're, they're really nice. You, know, you can just walk in they don't, at least, I don't know if they charge now, but they weren't charging when I was there. Very cool. And, um, 
Yeah, like they came back with these fucking huge bags of chicken, <laughs> and and they just pass around like you. Because it's not like you're taking orders. No, like, no, not at all. They they're just, just go, showing up like we want chicken. They, no, they just pretty much go, and I'm like, how do you order it? And they're like, nothing. We just give them the money. Like we count it. We go give us as much like as a hundred and fifty dollars will get us in chicken, or however much. <laughs> and you know, you like you don't like you're not like picky about it. You know what I mean? Like they just have boxes of it. You just grab chicken or a biscuit or whatever, and you just fucking go back to your seat and eat, and then you go back. If they have more, there's more. But you make sure, you know, that everyone, you know, gets food or whatever. And there's always leftovers so people, you know, want to eat or whatever. That more is like a, you're you're coming together. As that like is a, team building. Yeah, exactly. That you're is all, 100% yeah, team building. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was fucking like, hey, all you noobs, go get me chicken. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's That would be your job. Yeah. Yes, sir. Just remind yeah. you. Yes, sir. It wouldn't make it back. But no, we hey, hey, hey. Whoever makes a bag gets a strike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, I can't run. I need a scooter. Who's got a scooter? Yeah. But yeah, it was it's fun, man. Like, you know, you go get, you know, yeah, you know, chicken, they sell acai, there's stuff all around. But yeah, I mean, tournaments tournaments now are a lot different than tournaments like when I started jujitsu. They're much more professional, um, so, so, so they've kind of grown and evolved and become more yeah. of a legitimate sport. Yeah. Instead of just like a spectacle For where sure. most people didn't know what it was. So it's like, right. yeah, if you're just going to come in and do your thing, no big deal. But Yeah, I mean, you go to like most tournaments now, all the like you go to the IBJJF, at least you go to the World Championships, all the refs are in suits. There's probably a lot of vendors there. Oh, yeah. Like people sell merch and all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's a, a huge yeah, deal. That's one of the coolest experiences ever, man. When you go there, like when I was sitting there, like you go up to any of the booths, you can go up to like Atama, Kings, Tatami, uh, show your role. Um, any any geek company, Venom, any geek company you can think of, in gameness. And if these guys are sponsored by that company, like you know, like right now, Leandro Lowe sponsored by Kings. You could go up to the Kings booth, and he contractually probably has to be there so many hours yeah. just to sit there, just take pictures, and just take sign, pictures yeah. and hang out. And like you could walk in there, and that dude could be sitting from you know. 10 feet away from you, yeah. just hanging out. One but of the best ever. But they're normal people. That's yeah. the thing. Like, like he speaks, like, pretty much no English. But, like, if you walked into the booth, like, it was like, hey, man, you know, I'm a big fan. You know, he'll shake your hand and, like, you know, he, he might not be able to speak to you that much. But, but that's fine. He's cool. He doesn't, he's a, have com- he doesn't have that complex of, like, oh, yeah. pay me $20 to get a picture. Yeah, yeah. Don't no, fuck yourself. They're all approachable. Like, they're all really nice. They're all really cool. Like I said, when I was sitting there, like, when I was thinking of the worlds at one time, I had like, I don't know, probably amongst like five guys that were sitting in front of me, probably like 10 or 12 world titles were sitting there. And I'm this dorky white dude. You know what I mean? Sitting behind the, all these guys. There's probably five or six of them. And there's some of the bo- most well-known names in jiu-jitsu. And I'm sitting there just in awe of like the fact that I was like, oh my God, dude, like I'm sitting like, because I can't go to the fucking, you know, I can't go to where the Lakers play and shoot hoops with LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's but very I, true. I can't do that, but I can. You can go to any fucking jujitsu academy in the world and roll with the best. I could. I could go to fucking Atos right now and roll with Andre Galvo if I wanted to. I'd be like, hey, dude, I'll pay you money for a private. Teach me jujitsu. I can't call LeBron and be like, hey, dude, I'll pay you, you know, five grand if yeah, you if teach you, me the three pointer. Yeah, you teach me how to do your fadeaway. Like I don't think that it doesn't work that way. No, it does not. But in jujitsu, it's a lot more like those guys are very like for the most part. A lot of the competitors are all pretty tight. That's pretty cool. They're all really tight. Like Leandro Lowe and Bouchesha and Hodolfo, those guys are literally like, they were the probably the most fiercest competitors I've seen. And they competed against each other a lot. They fought each other multiple times. But there's videos of them training together 
constantly. Cyborg as well. They all train together because they understand like it's jujitsu is what they do, but they're still friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can put our friendship aside for ten minutes. Yeah, compete. Compete. And then when we walk off the mat, we're still friends. Yeah. Which is really cool. Well, like, that's that's also one of the great things about jujitsu is because you can go in there and go super hard, right? But it's not like it's not like a fight where you're punching somebody in the face right. or doing trying to break their arms or do whatever. Like, right. well, I mean, I guess some of the submissions might get a little crazy, but but, but still, it's like <laughs> you, you you can go really really hard and still afterwards, like yeah, slap bump, no big deal. Yeah, if we if we can fight for if we can do jujitsu for like more than you know. Five or six minutes, spar pretty hard, and afterward, if you still fucking hate me, like there's, there's, you have problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a very odd, but yeah, I mean, the tournaments, the tournament circuit is a lot different now, which is great. I mean, it's growing. Yeah, it's a, that's for a great sure. thing. Absolutely, that's always a good thing. Are you boys have any other kind of crazy stories? I can think of one, unless you can think of a better one. Which one are you thinking? I'm thinking queso. Oh, God. Which, which time? Why is everything related to me and my dairy? Or, <laughs> or Unless you guys another, have another story. Uh, it's a quick one, so we can get to both. Oh, I um, like this. So we, it was the day that I got my purple, he got his blue, Izzy got his blue. Oh, yeah. We, a and big I still promotion have, at the gym. I, I still had the video on my phone, which is fantastic. I'll show you after. Um, so we're Sorry, sitting, guys, you can't see. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, we're sitting there, and uh, we're at... Old Carolina Barbecue, right across the street from where we now live. Um, and we're sitting there, and, and we're just shooting the shit, having fun, hanging out. And this one, I, I don't even know how it got brought up. He starts pouring hot sauce on a spoon. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I bet I can snort it. <laughs> Nobody asked me <laughs> you to do You did this to yourself? Nobody yeah. asked me to do him, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Izzy and Ben are probably like... I don't care, dude. Like, <laughs> so we're like, yeah, whatever. Good, good for you, dude. Yeah. We're like, yeah, go ahead, whatever. So he puts the spoon up, goes, and immediately, like, instant regret on his face. Uh, just yes. Drops the spoon, starts just, like, dying. I don't even know how you got that that out of your nose. Man, probably took a while. Wait yeah. for a few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, Devin, we need to talk. Oh, man. <laughs> So. so, queso. Queso. This one's all you. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm finding the, the video of you snorting hot was, sauce. Was this uh, where you – so I, I I don't know what it is, but I have a thing where I just love queso. Well, who doesn't love queso? queso? It's amazing. Queso. What is wrong with you, I'm communist? I'm lactose intolerant. I don't care. It, Come on. It tastes delicious, but it's not worth it. <laughs> Things like queso and donuts, I don't know. I didn't feel like they're very underrated. I love them. Who the anyways, fuck says donuts are underrated? Underrated, yeah. I feel like they're just not a thing that people enjoy as you know much. Who, I don't know. You know Everyone talks like, about donuts. You know who doesn't probably doesn't like donuts? That's a cop. RJ. RJ, probably. probably yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's like part of your job, like requisite. I like to show up, have donuts. Like it is what it is. Come that was on. that right, was the yeah. funniest moment at the gym today. We're like, all right, my least favorite grappler come out in the middle. It's like, <laughs> no, RJ. no, no, no. To be fair, he said in the gym. Yeah, because we noticed you said that because Leo wasn't there. Right, exactly. He was like my least favorite <laughs> grappler in the gym right now. And it was like, yeah, RJ, go out there. He's like. What, why did five people just say that was me? <laughs> he didn't even go out at first. <laughs> Everybody was looking around. RJ, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I we what we were at a authentic Mexican cuisine one evening, something like that. And Taco uh, Bell. yeah, <laughs> easy. One of, one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh, got the the 
bowl of queso, cauldron of queso that they give you, and I'm sitting there eating it with the chips, and Ben's like, what did you say? I'd, I'll, I'll buy you, you another one. I'll buy you another queso if you drink this one. I have a video of this, too, by the way. I think I saw that one. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I get a whole other queso. <laughs> grabbed a straw and just started sipping it. Got it down, got another queso. How'd you that did work? that twice. How'd that work out for you later? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't throwing up or anything? Better than the milk, that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That, that's the secret. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's wrap this bitch up. Oh, God. Here you go. Um, oh, we, we, can, we can watch it later. Hold, on. hold, hold that thought. We're, we're still podcasting here, damn it. Uh, turn it off. What the hell? Uh, what the hell was that? <laughs> that's a young Devin. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Devin. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, boys, for coming on. It's definitely a pleasure. Shannon, always a pleasure to have you back. Good to be back. Um, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, any, any kind of closing thoughts you guys have? I want to leave with everybody or words of wisdom or anything? Come train. Yeah. That's that's good Only advice. thing I can think of is if you're, if you're thinking about doing it, then, I mean, this is the place to be. If you're um, in our area, obviously. If, you're in if, our if area. some people aren't, like, find a good gym. Mm-hmm. Try a bunch out. Go see what you like. See what works and what doesn't. You know, tell, tell them. It's like, hey, I'm going to try your gym out for a few months. I'm going to try a couple other gyms out. Like, let them know if ahead of time. And don't settle based on price. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about that last week. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all about coaching. Like, the price is almost irrelevant. Like, people yell at me. It's like, you drive so far. I'm like, yeah, it's where the coaching is. That's where I go. It's mm. I'm used to that. I've done that for years. It is what it is. Yeah. I think if you stick with it, you, you'll, you'll find some things out about yourself that you weren't sure about before. And maybe, you know. Gain a little confidence, something, or or it's not for you. you don't I, mean, like I, I think I think you'll definitely surprise yourself either way. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not for you, I think there's lots of great things you can take away from training jujitsu. Right, that's for damn sure. All right, coach, you have any closing thoughts? No, thank you for having me back on. I hope to do this again soon. Of course. Um, congratulations uh, to my best friend Timmy. Uh, his baby girl was just born. Hey. hey. Um. So congratulations to him. Um. And yeah. Congratulations to you. You just had a son recently yeah, as well, yeah, your first child. Yeah, yep. Yep. Congratulations. So, thank you. And yeah, man, just um <laughs> you know, jujitsu is a is a great thing. You know, it's only gonna change your life for the better. So if you're really interested in doing it, you know, like you said, find a quality place and you know, start learning because it's it's such a it's such an amazing thing. So, you know, anyone that does it and, and, and enjoys it, you know, you just gotta stick with it. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. Um uh, where can people find more about True Art? Uh, you can go to trueartbjj.com. Uh, all our website, you know, you can find our schedule on there, our contact info. You can shoot me an email. If you ever email the gym, uh, trueartbjj at gmail.com, I will always respond. Um, I'll give you a call back if you leave a message to the gym if you're interested in training for, you know, for yourself, for your kids. Um, and, yeah. Feel free to shout out your Instagrams or whatever if you want people to follow you on that kind of stuff. Too. <laughs> I don't know if people do that or not. I, uh, apparently, it's a big thing. I don't know. Devin underscore Kelleher, he's got a cooler one. Uh, I'm four stripes away, <laughs> all all underscored. Four stripes away? Four stripes away. <laughs> you, go, you got it. I'm the Savage BJJ <laughs> on Instagram. That's my personal. True Art BJJ is the business, and uh, I won't tell everyone my OnlyFans. It's probably, probably a very <laughs> yeah, good idea. Yeah, the OnlyFans is coming. Not everyone <laughs> hey. wants to see your ass. Managed by Tommy. Yeah, exactly. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy's my, Tommy's Tommy my, the Tommy's my manager. <laughs> All right, well, boys, thank you so much, and we will see you guys next time. That's great. Dope. Cool.
All right, well, that wraps up another great episode. What a blast that was. I think that uh, the Boyos were a little tentative when they first started, but once they kind of got into it, they kind of got rolling, and I think we kind of got into a pretty good groove there. It was definitely a lot of fun, and we will definitely be having a lot more of these Boyos back on, doing some shit talking, talking about competition, training, all that kind of good stuff, or you know what, just shooting the shit, and who knows, maybe talking about sex and space aliens. We all know where it goes in this podcast. It goes anywhere. But we, we basically wanted to just cover jujitsu this time as they were coming on as, as well. We wanted to kind of get their stories and their backgrounds and tell some fun stories as well and have a good time. So it was a blast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I know I had fun. Hopefully the boyos had fun. And uh, definitely be looking for more of those in the future. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for all your support. It means the world to me. But I could still use your help. The best thing we can do to help the podcast out right now is to go out and leave it some five-star reviews because that helps it gets bumped up in the rankings so hopefully new people will find it. And of course, talk to your friends, share it on social media, do all that kind of good stuff and see if we can drive traffic and really bump up the listeners this year. That's a big goal of mine for next year is to hopefully get a lot more listens than we had this year. Although we did much better this year than we did the previous year. So we are growing. Life is good. I'm super happy. And again, hopefully you guys are enjoying the episodes. But that is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.